This anointed teaching by Dr. Beverly Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hi, family. Isn't it incredible? We together on the day just before we cross over into the new year. And I'm so privileged and what an honor it is for me to preach the word and so that we can be built up, motivated, excited for 2024. Well, before we pray, I saw a joke where a guy was calling God and he said, God, I just want to make sure that I signed up for the right package because I've signed up for the blessed, highly favored package and not the trials and tribulation package for 2024. I wish it was that easy, right? Well, let's, we're going to have a great year, but let's pray. Father, into your presence, we've come, dear sir, to praise and to worship you. We thank you for giving us this day, a day that we can honor you, a day that we can say you are ever Father, a day we can cry out and give you praise and worship and glory. And I thank you for giving us Jesus. We're so grateful for our salvation. Thank you for giving us the precious Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you'll rise up big within me now, that you'll think through my mind and speak through my lips of clay. And I declare that I am a servant ready to be used by the master. And I thank you, Father, that your word will find a resting place in the hearts of your people. And we are Christian Family Church. We're not only hearers of the word, but we doers of the word. And everybody says, Amen. Well, family, as we stand on the threshold of a brand new year, what does 2024 look like? I believe it holds a promise of fresh beginnings, new opportunities, and exciting adventures ahead for each and every one of us. As you know, with each new year comes a chance to set new goals, make positive changes. We can learn from our mistakes and the lessons of the past while embracing what God has for us in the future. Well, according to the Hebrew calendar, the number for this decade is 5780 which means the decade of declaration, the decade to speak. Well, according to the Hebrew calendar, the number for this particular year is 5784, which is the year of the open door. So let's see how this applies to us today. First, we're going to talk about the decade. Then we're going to talk about this year. The Hebrew decade is so important because it's the year of declaration, and family, we are still in it. What we declare, what we speak, what we say of ourselves and our families, our work, our churches, our nations, is one of the keys that we will have victory in our lives, even advancing the kingdom of Christ. Our declarations will help us receive the inheritance that God has for us. I love what Joshua 1.8 says. It says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, did you hear family? Then we will make our way prosperous and we will have good success. So Joshua was instructed by God to implement a non-stop speaking, a declaring of God's word as he prepared to possess what God had already given him. Now we know God told Joshua the word should not depart from his mouth, that then Joshua would make his own way prosperous and have good success. Let's discipline ourselves so that our self-talk this year is filled with God's word instead of being negative, right? 
Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So our tongue has the power to release God's life into our lives and our situation. Okay, let's go to this year. The Hebrew number four, dalet, which means the open door. But before we go through doors that God will open for us supernaturally, let's be mindful to close any doors, any doors of bitterness, unforgiveness, envy, jealousy, strife, division, anything that would hinder our future of moving forward to receive God's blessing. Do you know in 2012, Pastor Jenny had a dream in which God revealed to her that CFCI is one of the Philadelphia churches as seen in Revelations 3.7. Well, let's read it. It says, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I've said before you're an open door. Okay, did you hear open door? Praise the Lord that no one can shut it. He said, but you have little strength. But look here, he says, you have kept my word and you have not denied my name. Verse 10 says, because you have kept my commandments to persevere, I will also keep you from an hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Verse 11 says, behold, I'm coming quickly, so hold fast what you have that no man may take your crown. So God was saying that we, Christian Family Church, we are like the church of Philadelphia in character, in nature, in deed. So I decided that I'm going to do a little study about the church of Philadelphia, and this is what I found. Well, the city of Philadelphia was founded in 159 B.C., and it was known for its temples, its vineyards, its cultural festivals. And that for this reason, it was nicknamed the Little Athens. It reminded me just of Cape Town. All the beautiful vineyards, beautiful buildings, the Cape Dutch buildings. So maybe it was like a little Cape Town. It was built as a showcase for the Greek culture. It was one of the most richest and most powerful cities of the entire ancient world. But then something happened in AD 17. An earthquake hit the city and all these beautiful buildings came tumbling down. So now it was so unsafe to go into any of these buildings because of the uh, earthquake had aftershocks which continued for months. So what do they do? They, the people are now from the city, they had to go and live outside the city walls. And that was really bad in those days because outside the city walls, that was where the invaders, the thieves, the bandits, the robbers, they all lived outside the city walls. So the people now had to go and live in tents outside the city walls because it was unsafe to go into the buildings inside the city. So thousands of people died in those months. They were killed by invaders and murderers and, and just very bad people outside the city walls. However, there was a small group of Christians. They lived out their faith in spite of the opposition, in spite of their hardships. This church had an impact on their community. Just like Christian Family Church, we have an impact on our community. And so some called that church the faithful church. In verse 10, it says, 
They endured trials, but they persevered. Doesn't that sound like us, family? We got to persevere. So this church was a word church, much like we are today. How many of us will agree we are a word church? Is that right, family? We teach the whole counsel of God's word, and then we act on it. Jesus said in Revelations 3.8, and they have not denied my name. We are definitely a church that preaches Jesus, and we won't deny the name of Jesus like so many do today. In fact, we lift up the name of Jesus. We love to proclaim the name of Jesus. We declare some of his names. He is the Almighty. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is our cornerstone. He is our deliverer. He is our door. He is the I Am. He's Emmanuel. He's the King. He's the King of Kings. He's the King of the Jews. He's the King of Ages. He's the Lamb of God. He's the Light of the World. He's a Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the Lord of all, the Lord of glory, the Lord of lords. He is the Lord of our righteousness. He's our Messiah. He's the mighty one, the morning star. He's the Prince of Peace and the Prince of Life. Glory to God. He's our Savior. He's our Rose of Sharon, and He's the bright and the morning star, and we give Him all the praise and the honor, and everybody says, Hallelujah. Come on, shout Hallelujah. Raise your hands and say, Glory to God. We love you, Jesus. We lift up your name. We praise you. Jesus is king, and we love him this morning, and we love him. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are in our lives. Well, how many of us are believing God to open doors supernaturally for us that no man can shut? How many of you? I want to see your hands. Wave if you're trusting God to open doors for, you, for us this year, right? How many of us are believing for an increase in salary. Let me see your hands wave. Yes, I know. You'll say, Pastor Bev, that's me. Or perhaps you're believing for a better job. Let's see your hands raise up if that's you. How many of you are believing God for your family to come in and serve Him? This is a, a, a year we're going to trust the Lord for the door of salvation to open for our families. How many are believing us for backsliders to come home? Our children who are backsliders, our aunts who are backsliders, our uncles who are backsliders, family members, or just people and friends. We call them home in Jesus' name. 2024 is their year of coming back to serve the Lord. Everyone said, amen. Well, how many of us are believing God for marriages to be restored? Do you know, family, there are three things I find in the body of Christ that is prevalent. Number one, the biggest need, I think, is healing. Everyone needs to be healed. Number two, everyone is trusting God for finances. And number three, marriages. We've got to work at our marriages. So we're trusting God to have marriages restored in the kingdom. What about business opportunities to present themselves to us? Right? Believe in God for extra flow of income. How many of us are believing to grow supernaturally, spiritually? We want to go from glory to glory, we, from strength to strength. We don't want to be the same. How many of us are believing God to open doors for us that no man can shut? How many of us are believing for supernatural finances? Let me see if you're, you're believing for supernatural finances. You want to tithe them all this year. Oh, I see everyone's hands up. <laughs> Everyone's saying, possibly we want to tithe more this year. Of course we do. 
Well, do you know, there's a key that not opens a door, but there are very windows of heaven as well. Malachi 3.10, one of my favorite verses in the paraphrased version, it says, bring as an act of your worship. Here we're going to see the word worship. Bring is a obedience. So we're going to be obedient and become as an act of our worship, we bring the full amount. Did you hear, family, full amount of your tithe? That, doesn't, that means you don't divide your tithe up. I'll tithe um, to that work over there. I'll tithe to that good work over there. No, no, no. The whole tenth comes to the house, the storehouse, the local church. That's where we've got a tithe. And he said, if we do that, then we can go ahead and put me to the test, check me out, experiment with me, test me, give me an opportunity to prove, to prove myself, and you will see I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will throw open the floodgates. Oh, that sounds great. Floodgates of heaven are going to be open for us so that I will pour out on you so much blessing financially and materially that you will not have room enough to contain it. Wow, 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 wow. Well, there's one answer on having our finances met. Be obedient and bring our tithes as an act of worship. And I know we all love to tithe in this church because we love supernatural doors to open to us, but now we can have the windows of heaven as well. They can be opened to us because we are obedient tithers. You know what I'm convinced? I'm convinced that this is our year of breakthrough. This is our year of increase. This is our year of multiplication. This is our year of miracles. This is a year of a door to advancement. We do not want to be the same. We want to go from glory to glory. I love Isaiah 22, 22. It says, the key of the house of David I will lay on his shoulder. So he shall open and no man shall shut, and he shall shut and no man shall open. Well, what is the key of David that we keep on reading about? What is the key that opens doors that no man can shut? Well, let's have a look at David as a man. We know that David was a man after God's own heart. The Bible tells us that. The Bible tells us that he started off as a shepherd boy in his young days, but then uh, and while he was a shepherd boy, remember, the Bible tells us he loved to sit in the fields and worship the Lord. Later, he became a warrior. I love David. And then, remember, he became a fugitive, and eventually he became king. And the, but the greatest thing about David was that he loved God. He was a worshiper. He loved the presence of God. Psalm 16, 11 says, in your presence there's fullness of joy. Psalm 51 verse 4 says, do not cast me away from your presence. Now, we know that when David uh, was crowned king, the Jebusites held the city of Jerusalem. They were nothing but criminals. They were bad dudes. They were thieves. They were rapists. They were robbers. They stole the sheep, the goats, the cattle of the Israelites, and they hated David and his people. They bragged that no one would ever capture the city of Jerusalem. Oh, ho, ho, but David defeated them and made Jerusalem his capital city. Then the next act of business he had to do was he had to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. Remember that? Now, what does the Ark represent? We know the Ark represents what family? Yes, the presence of God. So he wanted to bring it back to Jerusalem. In fact, remember, he wanted to build a house for it, but God said, no, 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 Solomon, 
uh, sorry, no, David, your son Solomon will build the house. So what did David do? He set up a tabernacle, a tent on Mount Zion. He hired 2,000 musicians. Yes, he did, and singers. And they would rotate 24 hours a day. So there was constant praise and worship going up out of Zion. So the worship of David was so far beyond anything that we see today. Many of the Psalms were written in this atmosphere. Every morning, every noon, every night, he would acknowledge the presence of Jehovah. I want to just read a few Psalms that David wrote. Psalm 9 verse 2 says, I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Psalm 18, 1, I love you, Lord, my strength. But listen, verse 2 says, the Lord is my rock, he's my fortress, he's my deliverer. He is my rock in whom I take refuge. Verse 35 says, you give me your shield of victory and your right hand sustains me. Verse 46 says, the Lord lives, praise be to my rock, exalted be my God, my Savior. Therefore, I will praise you among the nations, O Lord, and I will sing praises to your name. So, and then verse 50 said, he gives his king great victories and he shows unfailing kindness to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. So what was the key of David? The key of David family was worship. Everybody say worship. Absolutely. So worship opens the door that no man can shut. Everywhere he went, he was victorious. Everywhere he went, he was successful. The Bible says that when God's presence was upon him, every door was open to him and no one could shut it. The doors were shut and no one could open them. I love it when we see it in 1 Chronicles 18, 1 to 13. We read of all David's conquests. It says he attacked the Philistines, but he subdued them. In verse 2, he defeated Moab. In verse 3, he defeated the king of Zobah. And then in verse 5, it says, when the Syrians of Damascus came to help the king of Zobah, David killed 22,000 of the Syrians. He did not mess around. God gave him victory over his enemies. Hallelujah. In verse 6, it says, the Syrians became David's servants. So here we can clearly see it was the Lord who gave David victory wherever he went. In fact, you could say he was more than a conqueror. The Lord prospered David wherever he went. So we could say that David was wealthy. Yes, he was. Every need, every desire was met because he was a worshiper. The Lord made his name great, and the Lord always answered his prayer. So being in the presence of God and worshiping was his key to having doors of victory and success and opportunity open to him. David had so much of God's favor because he was a worshiper. Let's just lift our hands and say, I am a worshiper. Say, I am a worshiper. That's right, family. Well, there's another place in the Bible through praise and worship that doors were opened. Remember that story in Acts 16? A story is told of a slave girl. She was possessed by a spirit that enabled her to predict the future. And so her, she made so much money for her owners, and she, they profited greatly, remember, because she was basically a fortune teller. And if you think, oh, Pastor Bev, it's okay for me to go to a fortune teller, I'm just, you know, 
having fun. No, 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 you're not having fun. Don't go to a fortune teller. They're not telling you uh, your future is a devil, a little devil, ugly devil, maybe a big, fat, ugly devil sitting in that person telling your future. You don't want to learn your future from the devil. So they, Paul and Silas, they cast the devil out of this woman. Well, they, they, her owners were mad, so cross with them because now they were losing all their money. So they brought Paul and Silas before the magistrates and they accused them of causing trouble in the city. So what happened to Paul and Silas? They were thrown into jail, ordered to be beaten with rods. They were put in the darkest, most secure cell. Their feet were put into stocks. What are stocks? Stocks were two large pieces of wood pierced with holes and fitted to one another. And the prisoners' legs were put in the holes. And with, when their legs went into the holes, it produced extreme pain. And that's according to Clark's commentary. The Barnes note says that in this condition, it might be necessary for them to lie on their backs. And if this was so, they would be lying on cold ground. They had a severe beating. They had great suffering. And here they are. They're in a horrible, dark place. There was no room for escape. They couldn't get out anywhere. Apostle Theo will tell us it was most probably wet and rats running around, maybe even nibbling their feet. Oh, how disgusting. They might have been freezing cold. Their backs were now bleeding, and they've got no one to just, you know, clean their backs. It was a bad situation to be in. And so what did they do when they were in the big trial? Did they say, God, we were serving you with all our hearts, and now look where we are? Did they say, we were doing your will now? I don't think it's even worth serving you, Lord, because look at the trials I'm going through. It's so difficult. No, family, they did not complain. They didn't say, why is this happening to me? No, they said, we don't care. We love you, Jesus. We're going to start praising you in the middle of our problems, in the middle of our circumstances. And they began to praise and worship the Lord, so much so that even the prisoners heard them. They weren't the quiet little Christians. They weren't the silent majority. They weren't underground Christians. Just no one knew they were Christians. No. They were singing. It doesn't matter if you've got a voice or not. Make a joyful noise like me. I can't sing, but I love to make a joyful noise. And then what happened? They were singing. They were worshiping. And there was a suddenly, everybody say, suddenly, there was a violent earthquake. The very foundations of the prison were shaken. Oh, there's a lot, a whole lot of shaking going on when you begin to praise the Lord, when we begin to praise Him, when we begin to worship in the middle of our trials, in the middle of our storms, in the middle of our challenges, when we are going through our darkest hour, our painful time, there's a lot of shaking going on. Glory to God. Shake, shake, shake. And it's not your booty, it's the Lord. Shaking, 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 shaking circumstances. Hallelujah. When we sing out praises to God, when we praise Him, when we say, God, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Forever, God, you are my deliverer. God, you're taking care of me. When we continue to thank Him and praise Him for all He's done, we say, God, you're putting my feet on solid ground. God, you're taking care of my finances. I praise you. I worship you. I love you, Lord. When we start saying hallelujah, even if we're in our midnight hour or darkest trouble, we must keep thanking the Lord for our victory. He's going to get us out, family. Suddenly, everybody say, suddenly, yes. The doors were opened. 
everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up. He saw all the prison doors were open. He was about to kill himself. And Paul says, wait, don't harm yourself. We are all here. You know that that day, the whole house of that jailer got saved and baptized. So the door of salvation was open. The door of freedom, not only for Paul and Silas, but the door for all the prisoners. Can you imagine when we start worshiping the Lord and praising God, not only are we blessed, not only do we come out of our problems, but the people around us, they are underneath the blessing of God. They will receive the supernatural provision of God and freedom, just like those prisoners when we start praising the Lord. Family, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what doors need to be opened in your life. But, what, but I know the way to open supernatural doors that no man can shut is through our praise and worship. In 1995, Apostle Theo and I were at a minister's conference in Miami at Stan and Geraldine Moore's church. Now, Kenneth Haken was a speaker. And in the middle of his sermon, he stopped. He walked up to Apostle Theo and he said, one thing you lack, you're not worshiping God enough. Since then, Apostle Theo has made a conscious effort to increase his worship in his life. Listen to the story that I heard years ago. A man came to Norval Hayes. Remember Norval Hayes? How many of you remember Norval Hayes? Mighty man of God. He came to our church. Remember, he's been to our church uh, he had a, he's had a condo in Hawaii for many, many years and go, went there on holiday and ministered there. But while he was in Hawaii one year, a man came to him and said, I really need counseling. Can you help me? He said, I've got three children. I haven't had a job for two years. I'm in $15,000 debt, and I've exhausted every angle for money. I've worked in the sugarcane fields in Hawaii, but big corporations have come in and they've taken over. Little people like me, we can't get jobs anymore. He said, I've got some big equipment just sitting out there. I haven't turned a wheel on it for two years. I don't have money for food, so I have to live off the government food stamps. So what can I do? My children come to me. They ask me for lunch money for when they go to school so they can eat with the other children. But I have to tell them, I don't have any money. And honestly, it feels bad when you have to say no to your own kids. But what can I do? I can't give them any money because I don't have any money to give them. Norval, can you help me? Can I help you? Norval asked. Asked, can I help you? Yes, I can. But you have to listen to me. You have to listen and do what the word of God says you are to do. You see, he said, your whole world is framed by your words and you haven't been speaking correctly. You've been saying with your mouth, I'm broke. I can't get a job. I can't feed my children. I have no money. And he said, you're not talking right. He said, now start saying, big corporations, I'm talking to you. And I command you, in Jesus' name, to call me and give me a job. Then he said, what I want you to do is I want you to worship the Lord every day. And I want you to worship the Lord without shame every single day. Every morning, get up, 
start worshiping the Lord. Before you start believing God to work on your behalf, you have to start spending time with God worshiping every day. Well, this man who was broke, remember? He was in debt. He said, I will. I'll do what you say. Well, then a few years later, Norval Hayes went back to Hawaii, and he saw the man he counseled. And the man said, I never forgot what you told me, Norval. Years ago, years ago, you told me to worship the Lord every morning and to praise him in order for my circumstances to change. You told me to worship the Lord without shame. He said, my wife and I got together as a team. We bowed down before the Lord and we worshiped him. And after we worshiped him in the mornings, we would say, big corporations, you call me and you give me some jobs in Jesus' name. He said he did this for four months and nothing happened. But in the fifth month, hallelujah, there's always a time where God is going to answer our prayers. And he said it was in the fifth month. He got up off his knees one morning after worshiping the Lord and the telephone rang. And it was a man from a big corporation. And the man said, something has happened and we need extra workers and we have a contract here. We'll give you $80,000 if you operate your equipment for us and we'll pay you that up for about six weeks. So he signed the contract. He did the work. He collected the money. And the whole time he kept on worshiping the Lord. He didn't give up. He didn't give up worshiping the Lord before the six-week contract was up. They called him again. We've got another job for you to do. We've got another $80,000 contract for you. The man said, I bow before God every day, and I know God is my source. You see, family, your family is not your source. Your church is not your source. Your government is not your source. God is our source. When we worship him and we praise him, then the windows of heaven are going to open for us and he's going to pour in a blessing we cannot contain. So he said, God is my source and worshiping and praising him has brought me out of the hole, out of the hole of, of my prison. And after 12 Months, time, he says, Norval Hayes, I've paid off all my debt. I'm debt free. I've got money in the bank. This man who was broke, who couldn't give children, his children lunch money, tithed $65,000 in one year. And family, that was more than 15 years ago. So I'm expecting huge checks to come into the tithe because I know you're going to worship the Lord. You're going to command, the, uh, command companies to give you a job and you're going to worship the Lord and God is going to bless you and you're going to bless the church. I'm expecting God to bless you abundantly this year. So worshiping the Lord opens the doors to supernatural blessings, supernatural breakthrough, supernatural provision, family. Bless the Lord. Praise His name. God wants you to live an abundant life. Jesus has paid for it. So 2024, God has got more in store for you. But we need to put first things first. We need to learn how to worship the Lord privately. And then He's going to reward us openly. So let's activate the keys to David's supernatural blessings by praise and worship. Oh, I love the question, Reverend Dr. Shadrach. Lockridge asked, I wonder 
do you know my king? He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now that's my king. He's God's son. He's the sinner's savior. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's supreme. He's a miracle of the age. Well, he's the only one able to supply all our needs. He supplies strength to the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tribe. He sympathizes. He saves. He heals the sick. He cleanses a leper. He forgives a sinner. He delivers a captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent. I'm asking you, do you know him? Come on, let us praise him because his promises are sure. His love, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. Well, I wish I could describe him, but he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invisible. He's irresistible. The heaven of heavens cannot contain him. Let alone man cannot explain him. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't outlive him. You can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they have found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. And Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. The grave couldn't hold him. Yes, family, that's our king. He has always been there. He always will be there. I'm talking about Jesus. He has no predecessor. He has no successor. There was nobody before him. There'll be nobody after him. You cannot impeach him. You cannot fire him. You, and he's not going to resign. That's our king and we will forever sing. Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's walk through the door of 2024, praising our Savior and our Lord. Let's give a praise in the house. Glory, 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 glory. Say hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Amen and amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm excited for 2024. God has got so much more in store for each and every one of us. Well, I'm, at this time, I'm going to hand over to Dr. Andre. He is going to come and do the altar call. So the service is not over. And we can't wait to see you. We're going to see you later. Love you, family. <laughs> That's our king. I wonder, do you know him? Every head bowed and every eye closed. It'd be remiss of us to close the service without giving those that are perhaps here for the first time who have never made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior the opportunity of doing that today. On the 31st of December, 2023, I wonder, do you know him? Do you know Jesus? Have you ever made a public profession of your faith in Christ? I'm not gonna embarrass you this morning. I'm not gonna ask you to come to the front. I'm not gonna go to where you are. The Lord has already begun to deal with the hearts of those who do not have a relationship with Jesus. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, Jesus says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking on your heart right now. He says, If any man hears my voice, opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. So I want to offer you the opportunity of saying, a simple prayer of faith this morning. When you pray this prayer of faith, God is going to cleanse you of all the sins you've ever committed. Your garment will become white again as opposed to stained with sin. 
you will enter into God's, God's family and you'll receive the free gift of eternal life. If you pray this prayer with me in faith this morning. So at the count of three, if you are here and you wanna make Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three, right now. Raise your hand high in the air. God bless you. God bless you. I see those hands going up. Please keep your hand raised. Don't raise it and put it down. Raise your hand high in the air. God bless you, ma'am. I see your hand over there. God bless you, sir. I see that hand. Hands going up all throughout the congregation. Now I want to pray a simple prayer with those folks that have raised their hands. Please keep your hand raised as workers, uh, leaders just come and place their hand on your shoulder. Once they've done that, you can put your hand down. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. I'm going to ask everyone please to pray this prayer after me, especially those of you that have raised your hands. Let's talk to the Lord this morning as you surrender your life to Him. Pray this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning in the name of Jesus. I come as a sinner asking for your forgiveness. Lord, I know that Jesus died for me. I believe that he paid the penalty for my sin and that he was raised to life again. I know today that as I confess my sin, you would wash me and cleanse me of all my sin right now in Jesus' name. Now, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, Listen to what the Bible says. To as many as have known him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. He also says in Romans 10, that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we shall be saved. The good news is if you've prayed that prayer today from your heart and have asked the Lord to forgive you, you are now born again. You are born into the family of God. You have received the gift of eternal life and you are completely forgiven. The rest of your life is about to become the best of your life. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.